All right, moto moto machismo. For those of you that have seen Madagascar 2, you know that the machismo of moto moto did run out on their on their next date, if you if you will. They, she found out that he was a <clears throat> mile wide, maybe literally, since he's, he's a hippo, uh, and an inch thick. And as soon as you got through that inch, you hit limestone rock. There was no getting through it. And machismo, machismo is pretty shallow, right? When you get, when you find somebody, when you come across somebody with machismo, you're like, it gets old. It gets old, right? So how are we defining machismo? Getting puffed up about who you are and what you do. Getting puffed up about who you are and what you do. And it gets old no matter where at in life we come across somebody with machismo. But when we come across somebody with machismo inside the church or inside spirituality or inside religion, it really gets off-putting. Because even if, you're, if you consider yourself a non-fan, somebody that's just checking this thing out and not quite sure about Jesus and not quite sure about the church, maybe that is part of your story. If you came across somebody with religious machismo and you're like, I don't know if I want anything to do with that. Or maybe the stereotype of church or what you've seen on, 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 on Facebook or the news, you're just like, I'm not sure if I want anything to do with that. See, I've got good news. I'm glad you're here this morning because I've got good news. Jesus wanted people to lose their religious machismo. He had a hellfire and brimstone sermon towards religious people towards the end of his life. Actually, it was the final week of his life. And he told these guys, lose your religion. And we're going to actually finish this sermon or the key part of this sermon this week. We've got one more week in this series where he kind of shifts tone and comes from a different direction. But this is the apex of his sermon where he's telling guys, hey, I want you to lose your religious machismo. We're going to pick this up in Matthew 23, starting in verse 29. You can follow along a hardbound Bible. I encourage you to open up a smartphone or tablet and download the Bible app and, and uh, follow along there. We have an event there, but we also throw the verses up on the screen if you would rather follow along there. 23:29. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build tombs for the prophets your ancestors killed, and you decorate the monuments of the godly people your ancestors destroyed. Then you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would have never have joined them in killing the prophets. But in saying that, you testify against yourselves that you are, are indeed the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead and finish what your ancestors started. Snakes, sons of vipers, how will you escape the judgment of hell? See? Hellfire and brimstone right there towards religious people. Therefore, I'm sending you prophets and wise men and teachers of religious law, but you will kill some by crucifixion, and you will flog others with whips in your synagogues, chasing them from city to city. As a result, you will be held responsible for the murder of all godly people of all time, from the murder of the righteous Abel to the murder of Zechariah, son of Barakiah, whom you killed in the temple between the sanctuary and the altar. I tell you the truth. 
this judgment will fall on, on this very generation. Religious machismo, let's define that. Getting puffed up by, God, by being God's chosen and what we do for God. And these people, these guys had religious machismo. How Jesus is illustrating this is that they would say, they would look back and say, they would rewrite in history and put themselves into history and say, I, because I am so religious right now, and I look so good right now, if you wrote me back into history, I would be on the good guy's side. I would not persecute the prophets of days of old. And Jesus said, by your very saying this, you are identifying yourself as, 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 as a chip off the old block. You're identifying yourselves with your fathers. Because if you really wouldn't do that, you wouldn't have to say it, would you? You would go out and prove you're about redemption and reconciliation instead of saying that you're all about it. To put it to a modern-day translation, for those of you that maybe are, are new to Crosspoint, um, we are Southern Baptists by denomination. I hope nobody walks out. Just give us a little bit of time here. Right, right guys? Right, guys? Give us a little bit of time here. Basically, that's in mission. That's in mission that we pool our money together with thousands of churches in, the, in America and worldwide to, to send people on mission. It's... Um, you can Google it. Our history is that we are Southern Baptists. We broke off from Northern Baptists. Uh, you know, somewhere around 1850, 1860. We are Southern Baptist a lot because of our perspective on slaves. So, this would be like us getting the machismo and saying, if we were back then, we would have been on the right side of the issue. Well, prove it. Prove it. See, what Jesus set them up with is saying, he said, I am going to send you prophets. Notice what he's doing there? So subtle. Who sends prophets? God, right? I'm going to send you prophets. Call himself God, right? Real subtle. You're going to flog him? You're going to crucify him? You're going to chase him city to city? You're going to prove that you are sons of your father, that you have religious machismo. You think you're so awesome now and that you would have been on the right side of history. However, as history is making itself today, you're on the wrong side. And not only that, saying, prophets, I'm going to send you. But Jesus himself, as the great prophet that Moses talked about, he is exposing their hypocrisy in that exact moment. Matthew 23, the chapter before, they were trying to capture him in his own words so that they could arrest him. Matthew 26. Now, we've got two chapters break between 23 and 26. However, 24 and 25 is Jesus aside with his disciples, one teaching with his disciples. So 26 really is later that day or the next day where they are plotting, actively plotting to kill Jesus. Jesus is exposing their murderous hearts right in that moment. 
that they have all this religious machismo, but their actions were going to prove that they were really murderers. If we today look back on history and try to rewrite history in such a way that we would put ourselves on the right side of history, well, then we better be all about reconciliation and redemption today. And if we're not, we should probably repent for our sin that Jesus is calling out right here and right now. But for most of us, most of us, Religious machismo probably isn't the heartstring that we deal with. It's probably more disciple machismo. See, the disciples had a machismo. And what was interesting is that the, the longer they were with Jesus, the stronger their machismo got. And as Jesus was marching to the cross and he was preparing them for their march to the cross, they puffed themselves up greater and greater and greater. Disciple machismo is this, getting puffed up by having faith in Jesus and doing it differently than the religious. Excuse me. And so this is how it looked for the disciples. John, I think it was Mark 9, he went up to Jesus and said, hey, 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 this guy over here, he's not a part of our camp. He's not a part of our group. This guy over here is healing people and casting demons out. By your name, you need to stop that, Jesus. He's not in our camp. We don't see that today, do we? God, he's not in my camp. He doesn't teach the same way I do. He can't be a part of you. Red billboards all over town, anybody? I just imagine my face on their website. Anyway. Jesus said, hey, 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 look. If right now he's doing ministry in my name, he is not going to quickly turn and be against me. He's in our camp. Get rid of your disciple machismo. Then James, John, and their helicopter mother came up. Hey, Jesus, Last week of Jesus' life, like he is marching to the cross. He's telling them he's going to die. Hey, I don't know about all this death thing, but when, um, when you establish your kingdom, can we have uh, 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 spot number one and spot number two in your kingdom? The helicopter mother is there at the job interview. And Jesus then goes to teach all the disciples about discipleship machismo and the antidote to that. Then later that same week, all the disciples, all the disciples, all 12, all the disciples got into a drop-down, drag-out fight over who was the greatest. (laughs) Imagine that, right? Peter, James, John, Matthew, Judas, both of them, Thomas. He was doubting any of them were the greatest. Knock down, drag out, fight over who is the greatest. And then Jesus went on to teach them about the antidote to disciple, machismo. Then, the very next story, this story we're going to read, the very next story, we see Peter's machismo come out. Jesus tells Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan is asked to sift you like wheat. fascinating, right? 
Like, if you were Peter, you'd probably be like, well, okay, Jesus, did you, like, punch Satan in the throat or something? Like, did you take care of that for me? But I have pleaded in prayer for you. Not quite sure that's how I wanted you to handle it, Jesus. Simon, that your faith should not fail. Jesus is trying to teach and tell Peter something. But it's between the lines. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. He's telling, Jesus, or he's telling Peter, look, 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 your faith is weak and you're about ready to prove it. But I've prayed that it doesn't fail, that you don't give up. And when you do repent and turn back to me, you're going to be the one to strengthen your brothers. See, we see in this statement why people have machismo. They're compensating for something. And inside religion, it's because we have weak faith. And we believe that we're supposed to John Wayne our faith and be strong. So therefore, we put on this facade and say, I am awesome at faith. When on the inside, we're really weak. We do have a strand of Christianity that's out there that, that is like John Wayne your faith. And you're supposed to be strong. And if you're weak, I'm not even sure if you're even a Christian. Was Peter a Christian? And was Jesus telling Peter, it's not about your weak faith. See, weak faith is not failure. It's an opportunity for God to grow you. Weak faith is not failure. It's an opportunity for God to grow you. So what did Peter say in this moment? Did Peter say, oh, thank you for praying for me, Jesus? Or, hey, Jesus, tell me about how to grow my faith. No, 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 no. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? He got his disciple machismo all up, right? He said, oh, I don't, I don't know about those other guys, but Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you and even die with you. Students, we have sold you short at camps, at events, etc. We get some froth-mouthed past, mouth pastor up there to try and get you all riled up about, go to death for Jesus! Yeah! When we actually need to teach you that in your weak faith, it's okay. It's an opportunity for God to grow your faith. Guess what? Newsflash. Nobody knows what they would do with a gun to their head. Right? So let's take a cue from Jesus and Peter and not be all discipleship machismo. I'll go to death for you, Jesus. Jesus is like, I'm not interested in your strong faith. See, compared to Jesus, we're an ant in a human's world. We all have weak faith. I can imagine Jesus kind of sighing and thinking, Peter, I really didn't want to have to tell you this. Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. <laughs> Jesus didn't tell Peter the full picture, did he? He didn't tell him that it was going to be a middle school girl that was going to Chuck Norris him to his knees. Right? It was a middle school girl. 
It was like, I saw you with Jesus. No, I wasn't. I really think you were with Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about. And the last time it says that Peter brought curses upon his head. He cursed. Weak faith, right? See, weak faith isn't failure. It's an opportunity for God to grow you. We don't have to be all that in a bag of chips. In fact, if we are, we need to repent of that sin. Because we're an ant in a human's world when it comes to us and God. We all have weak faith. None of us have strong faith. God knows this. He is not surprised. How do I know this? He sent Jesus. Right? Sunday school answer. Jesus. It's okay to have weak faith. It's an opportunity for God to grow you. For those of you that may maybe have come here today or recently to cross point and your faith is weak or you'd say i don't have faith in jesus that's okay one you're accepted here we want to answer your questions about jesus we want you to see jesus for who jesus is not church people for who church people are, including us. Because as I said at the very first of this series, there is the residue of spiritual pride on all of us. And if you capture us us at a bad day, you'll see the residue. All of us. And the good news is, is that church is for hypocrites like all of us. Jesus accepts us all by faith. You do not have to prove your worth to Jesus before He saves you. We can't. Wherever you are right now, He's there waiting with open arms. If you have weak faith this morning, and you walk in not sure about this church thing, not sure about this God thing, not sure about Jesus, you don't have to get all your questions answered, and you don't have to have all the answers for Jesus to accept you. He's ready simply by saying, I don't know about all the periphery, where I do know this. You did something. You did something to forgive my sin so that I can be a part of your family. I'll figure out the rest later. And there's going to be people in the back who have said the same thing in their life, and you can tell them anything, and they will not be shocked. And they will not shame you. They will walk you through, they will accept you with open arms and walk you through what it looks like to have faith in Jesus. 
For those of you that that question's already settled, you consider yourself a fan of God, and maybe you're here weak faith this morning because of whatever's going on. And you know it. It's okay. Simply an opportunity for God to strengthen your faith. You can start on your prayer work this week during this reflection time. God, give me the faith to strengthen others. Did you capture that when, when, when Peter told, or Jesus told Peter? You're going to strengthen others. How we know that we have faith in Jesus and that faith is growing, that we're going to strengthen others. See, machismo doesn't strengthen others because we want to be the top. Faith, true faith, strengthens others because we don't care. We are their servant. Give me the faith to strengthen others. Again, the people in the back are here for you to help you grow in your faith. To simply talk to them about what is going on and let them pray for you. Small groups are a great way to, 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 to flush this out. To come to a small group and go, I'm weak. This is how. What do I do next? That's what small groups are there for. God, give me the faith to strengthen others. Imagine a church. Imagine a church who says, I don't care if I'm weak. I'm going to be. What I care about is God growing me supernaturally from the inside out so that I can then strengthen other people. Imagine a church that that is their one heart's drive. Let's pray. Father, Lord, thank you for this time. For those that are weak this morning, prove that you are there. Right there with them. Right now. Do something to strengthen them. Lord, let us be a people that isn't religiously all that in a bag of chips because we can't be. Let us be a people who are constantly in desperate need for you to strengthen. Help us. It's your name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and stand with us. We're going to have a time of reflection where prayers through words and song is, is going to lead us. But as I said, use this time to... Uh, Ask God, God, strengthen me so I can strengthen others.